Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. The gap in superannuation between men and women in Australia is pretty confronting. Statistics vary, but the Workplace Gender Equality Agency puts a gap at around 40%. According to the Australian Human Rights Commission, the situation is even worse. So what can be done to improve retirement savings for women? I wanted to look at both the reforms needed and the strategies women could consider to help boost their superannuation before retirement. Of course, this is general information only for education purposes. If you hear anything today that might be relevant to you, you should speak to a professional financial advisor who can help determine your own needs and the best strategy for you. Kenna Campbell is a financial planner and the founder of financial literacy platform Sugar Mama TV. If her name sounds familiar, it's because Ken is the co-host of How Do They Afford That, our sister podcast, which comes out every Wednesday, looking at personal finance, investing, saving, budgeting, and the like. Kenna, welcome to Fear and Greed. Well, uh, hello. Lovely to, to connect with you. Yeah. Look, just how bad is the gender gap when it comes to super? Look, it is really serious. The Australian Human Rights Commission have done some research and have found that half of women aged between 45 and 59 have less than $8,000 in superannuation, which is very sobering. It's it's actually hard to think in 2023 that that can be the case. Is it because of breaks in work? Is it what why is the number so low given we've had compulsory super since well at least 20 years? Look, raising children obviously comes into it, whether you know you step out of the workforce, you know, for an extended period of time or maybe returning back on a part-time basis. And yes, children obviously are a big factor in here, but there are also a lot of women who have actually stepped out of the workforce to care for elderly parents or family members. And we have the salary gap, and we also need to take into consideration for women who have stepped out or are working on a part-time basis, sometimes their value in particular industries starts to reduce because they're not up to speed or the systems have changed or there's new legislation and, and so forth. So there are lots of things that come into this and a cause of this. And also, I think there's an issue with society. You know, if my son is sick at school, the school will most likely call the mother first before the yep. father. And yep. that's the mother that has to leave the office, go and pick the child up, keep the child at home until they're well enough to return back to school and also not catch that contagious germ at the same time. So yeah, yeah. we've also got to change society's, I guess, point of view and, and a way of attacking this problem and taking a maybe a more balanced approach. Now, obviously, this is a, I mean, a stark, in fact, it's scary what it means on an individual level. On an economic level, though, it's pretty scary as well, because if we have so many people who haven't got enough money for retirement, be they men or women, that's going to hurt the economy big time. Absolutely. In fact, there is a huge increase in Australian women facing homelessness at the moment. and It's on the rise. I've heard of stories of women having to live in their car. We're just not taking this seriously enough, I feel. Why Why is there a rise in homelessness among women? Well, obviously the super and gender 
gap is a big issue, but there are other factors that really contribute to this, like domestic violence, uh, the relationship status, whether it's, you know a woman is single because she's a widow or she's divorced. Mm. Obviously, living as a single person is far more expensive. Yep. Uh, there's elder abuse, which is something we're seeing more and more of. Women, if they haven't been financially educated, are also more vulnerable to scams. And then there's unemployment and illness. So there's a lot of things contributing to this problem, compounding it, making it worse. Stay with me, Kenna. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is financial planner, Kenna Campbell, co-host of our sister podcast, How Do They Afford That? So is there a solution? I mean, is this something that government really has to take control of or is it something that business needs to take control of? I think it's both, to be honest. Uh, You know, there's lots of solutions out there, which is good, but we need way more solutions and strategies. And we also need to be tackling this not in a knee-jerk reaction, but it needs to be a proactive stance with this. So it starts with education first, understanding what superannuation is, the value, how to manage your money, understanding the impact and consequences of stepping out of the workforce and and how to minimise that damage. Then there's legislation. We've recently seen the minimum wage to be able to earn superannuation has recently changed and that I believe is going to benefit about 200,000 women in Australia. But that's not enough. We need to be doing more. Also looking at within the workforce, perhaps some coaching and mentoring would be really wise. I have girlfriends who are just so excited about the opportunity to be able to return back to the workforce. They've taken these jobs which are not sustainable. They don't Mm. actually allow balance as a working mother. And they're in a situation where they either have to choose to work full time and, and sacrifice a lot of family time or completely step out of the workforce. It's a really hard situation. And we also need to consider the cost of childcare. You know, one of my girlfriends was basically earning about $8 a day because of the cost of childcare, but she didn't care because she didn't want to lose her value in the workforce and where she was on the corporate ladder. And then we also need to look at greater incentives to contribute to superannuation. As I say with Michael Thompson on our podcast, How Do They Afford That? Super is sexy. It's a very, very powerful tool to help you in combination with other wealth accumulation strategies to build your wealth and build realistic, long-term, sustainable wealth. However, the incentives to contribute to super aren't sexy enough. (laughs) And we need to look at, you know, making it appealing for employees as well as employers. And yes, we have the spouse contribution, but that really isn't on the money. It's it's just not enough. And we also should be looking at the adjustments to superannuation caps. We do have lots of caps in place around superannuation because there are great tax advantages to super, but perhaps we need to adjust them and make them more lenient or flexible for women who have stepped out of the workforce for numerous years to allow them to maybe have a different cap to be able to catch up and, and I guess, bridge that gap and make up for lost time. I, I'm still coming to terms with the idea that super is sexy, but I'm going to let that flow, Kenna. <laughs> well, we, we talk about this in terms of women all the time, but there's a role for men in this, surely, in, in terms of men's attitudes to be societal attitudes or to superannuation, things like that, where maybe men have to adjust as individuals, have to adjust how they think about this to make it a fairer playing field. Absolutely, 100%. I really believe couples should be working together 
on their financial goals and on the family's financial well-being. So if you are a couple that's planning on having a baby, you need to be having these conversations now going, all right, well, if we have a baby, who's going to step out of the workforce? Who is going to help cover the financial impact of being away from work and the damage to that person's superannuation account? Looking at maybe budgeting in regular superannuation contributions to help bridge that gap. Looking at maybe proactively salary sacrificing in the lead up to stepping out of the workforce or looking at a strategy where you come back to the workforce after having a child and look at salary sacrificing to make up for all those lost contributions. But you've really got to be working as a team and Mm -hmm. looking at how can I help support my partner who's had to take a step back in the workforce and potentially jeopardize their own career path and their opportunities as well. So it really is about looking at the financial well-being as a team and coming up with solutions together where it is fair and equitable because it takes two people to make a, a baby. There's your parents 50-50 in, in whatever you know capacity you choose to, to run your home. So it has got to be dealt with. And the quicker you get onto this, the better. Are we going in the right direction? I mean, the numbers that I mentioned at the beginning and you mentioned uh, the $8,000 number, it doesn't sound like we're going in the right direction. Look, I, I like to look at the glass being half full. I do believe we are making progress, but it's a very slow progress and we need to be doing more. And at the end of the day, it really boils down to education, making sure that we can change people's perceptions of personal finances to make them approachable, to make it inspiring, to empower people and to educate people, really turning the idea of financial wellness and having it up there with the importance of eating well and exercising and mental health. This is incredibly important. And look, I have a dream where at the end of the day, we don't need social security. People don't need the age pension because they are self-funded retirees. They've made smart, wise, proactive, educated decisions with their money and they know how to stand on their own two feet as an independent, empowered, financially savvy man or woman. And Mm. I really believe as superannuation gap is incredibly important and the salary gap also needs to be addressed, people also need to be looking at investing. Superannuation is important, but if you can combine being smart with your money around superannuation and include an investment strategy along the way, you are getting the best of both worlds and you're really starting to get your money working for you rather than you working for money. And it takes a lot of stress and pressure off, you know, everyone's shoulders in a very busy, hectic, crazy, dynamic world that we all live in. That's a pretty good dream to have. Now, Kenna, I just have to ask one final question. You and I have something in common. We both have the same co-host. So in how they afford that, (laughs) your co-host is Michael Thompson, of course, in our regular fear and greed well, how do you put up with him? Honestly, just between you and I, how do you put up with him? Well, I tell him I laugh with him, but really yeah. I, I laugh at him. Yeah. Okay. That's the secret. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for joining me here on Fear and Greed this morning, Kenna. Thank you for having me. That was Kenna Campbell, financial planner, founder of Sugar Mama TV and the host of How Do They Afford That, our sister podcast. There's a new episode out every Wednesday. That's of How Do They Afford That. The next episode 
comes out in a few days, goes into this topic, women in super and super, in a lot more detail. Definitely worth checking out. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, you should seek professional advice before making investment decisions. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.